I'm Bridget Owens, and you're listening to the Waxing Soul Podcast, where we dig deep into the nuance of magical and spiritual concepts. It's February 9th, 2023, and on today's episode, we talk with author Chancellor Jackson about his experience of being arrested and detained in Beijing for 14 days and the importance and power of connecting with your ancestors. Are you ready to grow your soul? Well, on Waxing Soul today, we have another um, really interesting interview, and I'm excited to get into this because I, this this guest has, I know, a very interesting story to tell. Uh, Chancellor Jackson was born in Fulton County, Georgia, to Native American parents, grew up in Smyrna, Georgia, and attended Stetson University. After graduating with a bachelor's degree in communication and media studies, Chancellor lived abroad in China from 2018 to 2019. He fell into writing after his traumatic experience of being arrested and detained in Beijing for 14 days. His first book, 14 Days in Beijing, has ranked number one over 15 times on Amazon in multiple genres. And he's recently released his first romance drama titled You Love and You Learn, now available on Amazon. So always excited to have other authors on the show. Thank you, Chancellor, for joining us. Hey, blessings and balance to you, Bridget. Blessings, uh, blessings and balance to everyone that's tuning in right now. Big shout out to y'all. Y'all the real MVPs for real. So appreciate everybody. So I just want to jump straight in. Usually I start off guest interviews by kind of getting into whatever your practice looks like. But I'd like to actually start off with, you mentioned in, in your correspondence before uh, the recording that your parents had kind of different spiritual and religious approaches when you were growing up. So what, what was your spiritual foundation like? Um, basically, uh, Christian background, you know what I'm saying? Typical. Um, that was, you know what I'm saying? What my mom was raised uh, as and how, you know what I'm saying? Just generations. Um, but my father, on the other hand, he, I'm not sure what, he probably grew up Christian in the household. I honestly don't know. Um, I ought to ask him <laughs> for real, because he was always a free mind and free uh, spirited individual. Like I remember, like we'd go to church on Sundays, and then on Wednesdays with pops, we'll go to like um, some place. I don't. I couldn't even tell you. It was it was like church, but it wasn't church. Like it's a we in this building and this. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely a meeting, and you had some dude up here preaching, but you're looking around the place, there's number pharaohs and a bunch of Egyptian and uh, artifacts and all over the place. So he's like, okay, this is a different place. It's like, I'm not, I'm like, man, six, seven years old, so I really don't know what's going on. Okay, it's like church because somebody up here preaching, and (laughs) everybody just sitting listening to the word, but I'm like, this is a different place, though. I know. It was different. And I remember one day we was walking out and they had a bookshelf right by the entrance. And in the center of the bookshelf, it was a book titled, uh, What Color is Jesus? And it was a picture of Jesus half, split in half, half of them was white, half of them was black. I looked at the book, I'm like, hey, I was like, dad, what color is Jesus? He said, you should read the book and uh, find out. So I'm like, well, you crazy. <laughs> he was like, I can't read that book. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that just, it just let me know. It was just like little seeds like that he always planted. Um, and just be exposed to that early on definitely 
manifested years later once I uh, was in college and you know saying out on my own and um, we definitely and we, we stopped practicing like we, we still like pray to God and um, praise Jesus and all that we still had those Christian beliefs um, but we stopped going to church we stopped going to church around like middle school I want to say yeah and then we would go here and there during in high school, but like, yeah, we started going to church. And then once I got to college, yeah, that's when it was a transformation for sure. You know what I'm saying? Just getting exposed to just new information that most won't learn in school or, you know what I'm saying, based on where you're from, you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, it started my junior year. That's when I started to uh, have that awakening. So you mentioned that like your real spiritual journey kind of started when you were in college. So what, what kind of sparked that for you? I was taking, uh, just learning about anthropology. I took an anthropology class and learning about society. And I was like, wow, just seeing how it's constructed. And um, it definitely sparked um, just interest. And I've always been conscious of, you know, of systematic, um, oppression and all of that, you know what I'm saying? I've always been hip to that. So uh, I was <laughs> riding with a car, riding in the car with one of my friends and I was like, bro, I wanna um, study more like like true, true history, bro. I feel like it's more out there. He's like, bro, you should watch this documentary called Hidden Colors. And um, it's, man, it's, they got like six series, you know what I'm saying? Six different uh, documentaries, but then they go, they just go around getting different uh, uh, historians, professors, um, you know what I'm saying, philanthropists, all different types of people, um, psychologists, and that have done their own personal thorough research. And they dated all the way back from the beginning of time, all the way up to, you know what I'm saying, present time. It's about two, three hour long documentaries. So yeah, it, it blew my mind after I watched that. Um, so, yeah, that's when I started to question everything. You know what I mean? Question everything and just started to, now I'm just going to, I don't know, I'm going to just figure it out, you know what I'm saying, from this point on. Yeah, that's actually kind of what I ended up doing in my own path at one point um, because of all sorts of reasons, all kind of questions that I had about like where human spirituality comes from and all of this stuff. And that has been more I guess informative to my path and has pushed my practice forward and and more than any of the actual like spiritual studies or, or learning that I've ever done actually going back and not just reading you know what historians have to say like I, I do want to watch that uh <laughs> documentary though but um, actually going back to like reading scientific papers and, and stuff that's not, that's not exciting enough to make it into, <laughs> to, you know, the media where people, you know, like people don't really care, but things like starting from, I studied art and architecture in college. And I remember, you know, learning about like ancient, you know, like the, the figurines and stuff from like the Paleolithic and how, you know, cave paintings and all of that. And it wasn't until I went back and actually started right you know reading reading modern scientific papers and kind of catching up on research and stuff that I realized that there are hundreds of those little carvings 
from everywhere and we were taught like there was a handful and like we know what they mean and there's hundreds and we don't know what they mean <laughs> and it and it puts things in a whole different perspective to know like just the vast number of cave paintings that we have and that must have only been a tiny percentage because they are so fragile that you know we're we're working off of tiny bits of information but when you hear about stuff in the media and when you're taught it in like textbooks it sounds like this is something that we know all about like we're only ever <laughs> these five things and and this is what they mean we know this for sure and it's not it's not the way it is but i, <laughs> I can go off on tangents forever <laughs> no, no, no for real i did my same research on uh um the misconstrued history in high school textbooks so yeah, for sure. I'm already known. <laughs> I'm already known. It's bad. It's bad. It's really bad. Yeah, and it's the the crazy thing too is, of course, you know, um, how much early, especially in anthropology, um, the earliest anthropologists were missionaries. They had a they had an agenda, and they had a worldview already in their heads, mm -hmm. and were operating under a you know colonial machine, and weren't doing the most honest of you know academics and a lot of the the stuff that we know from the earliest missionary anthropologists is very biased and and hard to recapture that knowledge because they just didn't document it it's only for his eyes to see <laughs> it's only for his eyes to see for the show and it's a journey. That's a journey within itself, too. For year three of the Waxing Soul podcast, my goal is to bring you not just my spiritual point of view, but to connect with a wide variety of authentic spiritual thinkers. If you're interested in being a guest and sharing your own path, practice, and approach to authentic individual spirituality, go to BridgetOwens.com slash podcast to apply. So let's shift a little bit and and tell us a little bit about your experience in Beijing and how that kind of impacted your your spiritual path. For sure, um, <clears throat> definitely, I got exposed to um, this ancient African religion called Ifa um, before I went to a couple months before um, I went to China, and pretty much is a practice where you pay homage to your ancestors, um, and that's who you pray to. Um, as far as just your guardian angels, you know what I'm saying? So um, before I went to China, I went and got a, a reading from the uh, chief. And he told me that the ancestors was like, hey, China ain't going to be a good move for you. I'm like, well, damn. <laughs> One, and then two, I'm like, but I leave like, and like, three days. Like, I leave in like three days. I'm like, well, we're going to have to do, I'm like, we're going to do something to make some shape. Yeah, uh, you got to make a sacrifice, a uh, blood sacrifice. Um, I'm like, well, for sure, but I'm going to get ready to go. <laughs> like, right, I ain't got time to do that. So um, I had to give him clothes of mine and you know what I'm saying? He did it uh, for me. Um, and once I got to China, China was lit. I mean, well, it was a adjustment for sure. You know what I'm saying? Definitely getting adjusted, of course. With you know what I'm saying, I'm I went to China because I got hired to um, teach English to children. So uh, that's what I'm out there to do. So going through training, we got to 
find a, a place to live and you know what I'm saying? we got two weeks to do it. So just getting adjusted and all of that, it took me about a month and a half to get fully adjusted. But once I got adjusted, it was lit. <laughs> China was lit, all right, no cap. Best experience ever. I encourage everybody to travel abroad for sure. But if you can live abroad someplace, um, I highly encourage it. And especially it's a place you've always been like fond of. Yeah, you, you definitely encourage you to do it. You ain't gotta be long, you know what I'm saying? I only was out there for six months. I got a full experience in China. Uh, so yeah, live my best life after, uh, I was out there for six months um, before I got locked up and did 14 days in uh, Beijing Penitentiary. And I was locked up 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 15 men to one cell, nine beds, three soups a day. One, all I had was one plastic bowl and one spoon. Nobody knew I was there. Nothing was explained to me as far as how the process works, um, what's gonna happen next, or uh, how the jail even operate, what's the rule? I don't know nothing. I'm just in here. He was in his locked up. Um, with 14 other Chinese men, I can't even speak to for real, for real, just because of the language barrier. Um, so. Once I was just uh, released, and that was just when they finally just called me to go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> but that's you know what I'm saying. That's why the book is what it is. You know what I mean? But once you know what I'm saying, uh, I was released. I was deported from the country immediately. Came back to America. Uh, um, that was definitely a journey for sure because I was still practicing um, praying to the S my ancestors. You know what I'm saying? While I was out there, and the day I got uh, locked up, I was you know what I'm saying, pay homage to him, you know what I'm saying, that morning. So I already knew I was going to be good. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be sure. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, you know what I'm saying, I know I'm going to be good. Um, and definitely just praying to him a lot while I was in there, for sure. Just, to, you know what I'm saying, stay positive, most importantly. And they sent me a lot of messages while I was uh, uh, locked up, like, as far as signs that let me know how long I was going to be there. They sent me two signs let me know how long I was going to be there and another sign of how my release would be. The first one was um, <laughs> when I was still in like in custody for real. They uh, brought me into the evidence room and they weighing up the weed right in front of me. And it told it out to be 1.4 grams. Now, this is interesting as a reader because you're like, okay, how much does he actually have? You know what I'm saying? And it, has, it isn't a lot, you know what I'm saying? With that being said, but you look at that number, 1.4. You remove that decimal, what number is that? 14, so it's like 14. That was one of the very first signs. That was the only live and action sign I received. Um, but I didn't know it at that point in time. I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, the other ones occurred in my dreams. I was, <laughs> it was crazy. I was dreaming that I was um, at like somebody's house. I don't even know whose house I'm at. We in China though, you know what I mean? And we just smoking, talking. And one of the people I was with, well, just in the, in the circle, just started talking about getting locked up for, in China for weed, ironically. And they said, I heard if you get locked, if you get caught with more than three grams, it's an automatic month sentence. And after that person made that statement, the room got quiet. And I just started reflecting on the question. And then the next thing I know, I hear the guard 
on the intercom waking everybody up for a uh, check uh, roll call. And I'm just sitting there reflecting on the dream. I said, well, you get caught with three grams. That's automatic month sentence. Well, if I got caught with 1.4, which is half of that, that's around two weeks worth of time. I don't know if that is that me. I'm going to do two weeks in here. I don't even know if I could do two weeks in here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is, that was, you know, I was just having, the, man, it was crazy. And then the third one was, um, it let me know how my uh, release would be. I was, we were sleeping and then the guards just came opening the door. It was like calling me and another uh, one of the inmates to uh, go. And we just looking at each other crazy, like, we can't believe it. Like, what? I wasn't expecting it. You wasn't, you wasn't expecting it. We lit, though. So we, you know what I'm saying? We walking out the uh, cell, down the hallway, get on the elevator. You know what I'm saying? We going down, and elevator shut down. Light shut off. We like, what, what's going on? What was going on? And the guard in the uh the guard in the elevator with us, he's yelling. I'm like, but what is he talking about? And <laughs> the dude that was uh the other inmate was like, he's telling us to wake up. Wake up. I woke up, I'm still in the cell. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> well, I was like, hey bro, I just had a dream, but we're gonna get up out of here. And, and ironically, the pro, you know what I'm saying, the dude in the dream, he got out the next day. And once I finally got, you know what I'm saying, called to leave, it was just like my dream. I'm just asleep. We, you know what I'm saying, sleep. They open the door. Hey, come on. I'm like, huh? They're like, come on. I'm like, Shh. I started flashing back to the dream. I was like, whoa. I'm, I'm just stuck right there. I'm more in disbelief about just how in tuned I was, you know what I'm saying, with my subconscious uh, to have these visions. I just have these, you know what I'm saying, signs, and I was playing out, and I'm just like, whoa. I'm completely neglecting the fact that these folks telling me it's time to go. Like, I'm like, oh, hold on, let me get a little pep in my step. So, um, yeah, that was, yeah, it was definitely, uh, it was a spiritual journey for sure. Whole, all the, the whole China, the whole China experience, whole whole trip was amazing. I'll do it all over again for sure. <laughs> so what, t- tell us a little bit more about about your practice and and how you came into it and what that looks like yeah so um every thursday i prepare food and um i lay it out on my altar that i have set up and on my altar is pictures of my past uh, relatives and a plant water gin and candles and then fruit and snacks and whatever. Like I, and this now you can throw whatever extra, you know what I'm saying, valuables on there that means something to you, uh, that you know that they enjoy, you know what I'm saying? You, you lay the food on the altar and, and you praise someone. And yeah, that's just what I've been doing um, since I got exposed to it. And it's definitely, I, I I appreciate it. I find value in it. And I, I just see why, why don't we pay homage to our ancestors? We wouldn't be in the position that we're in <laughs> if it wasn't for them. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? I got to pay homage to them for sure. 
Yeah, actually, one of the thoughts that I've had in doing doing my own research and, and all of this stuff is that I think that so much of our religion, I think, you know, if you look kind of, if you look back at old mythology, I think that a lot of what we would call gods um, are really just sort of highly elevated ancestors and that that's kind of part of part of spirituality that a lot of a lot of us that look like me have sort of um stopped it you know recognizing that mm. that the connection to the ancestors is actually far more important than whatever spiritual cosmology or whatever that we have have come up with this you know we can talk about what we you know worshiping gods and whatever but we're not really con you know connecting with our roots and that that's a, a big chunk of spirituality that we've kind of stopped uh connecting with yeah that's pivotal you know what i'm saying it's, you got to connect with them you know what i'm saying who gonna who gonna have your best interests <laughs> <laughs> who gonna have your best interests you know what i'm saying think about it like that good job the waxing soul is just a small part of what i do so while you're listening to the rest of the episode hop over to my website and connect with me online bridgetowens.com is the central hub for all my projects including books card decks videos downloads courses and more also find me on tiktok instagram and facebook as bridget owens magic so so how did you come into like how did you find how did you find Ifa? Did did is that something that you came across in research or did you meet somebody who led Man, you there? So once I got hired to uh for the job in China, it was a three month long process um, just to get my visa before I can go over there. So I'm like, well, I might as well start working around kids. This be did have to deal with them once I get over there. Um, so I was like, I got a job, um, at one elementary school as a lunchroom monitor and after school program, uh, chaperone or whatever at another elementary school. Um, and at the after, at the after school program, I, one of the other counselors, me and him were the only, yeah, we were the only males, um, only males there. You know what I'm saying? He approached me chop it up, you know, the cool dude. Uh, we still tap in, we still tap into this day. Um, but after we started to build more of a relationship, he was like, hey, bro, you ever heard of the E5? I'm like, nah, bro, what is that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he put me on to it and show, you know what I'm saying, exposed me, took me to the, uh, to the, uh, to the chief and did the whole uh, reading, spiritual reading. And it's, it was, an, it was an experience for sure. It was a lot of people that practiced it. I, so shockingly, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it's still still pretty uh, un, like under the radar. Like not, I'm still not, you know what I'm saying, on the front line with everything else. Um, but it, 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 yeah, that's how I got exposed to it though. What well, put me on. <laughs> how, what, was there anything that kind of made you go like, oh, this is, this is the thing that I need. This is what I was missing in my spiritual life. Um, yeah, uh, just when it, just going to China, you know what I'm saying? Hearing like, hey, China might not be a good move, but 
you make the sacrifice, you know what I'm saying, it'll make it a little bit more of of a, a breeze, you know what I'm saying? And once I got adjusted, China was lit. Prior to getting locked up, China was lit. <laughs> China was lit. So, but even then, my you know what I'm saying, getting locked up and my situation being what it was, I only did I I still did a short amount of time compared to a lot of other people I was locked up with. Um and nothing if I ain't write this book, nobody would have known it happened. You know what I'm saying? So and you follow me, I was just just an experience all in all, you know what I mean? Um but I definitely lost a lot once I got back, you know what I'm saying? For sure, just having to bounce back and adjust and find myself again. And, um, but just, I was able to, and just me being resilient. And now I got a lot going on now. <laughs> so it's been, they've been with me the whole journey. I think, um... For me, what I've kind of come come to understand about spirituality in general is that the important part of it is that it should help us sort of thrive in life. It should be kind of something that that doesn't, you know, necessarily make everything easy for us, but where it's it's always there when we need like we're connected to the energies and the ancestors and the whatever when we when we need those. And it it's that I don't want to say crutch, but it it facilitates a life where we thrive. And if it's something where we feel like we're constantly trying to trying to live up to some standard, or we're trying to like, I, I've got to do these these practices, and I've got to follow these rules, and I've got to do all this stuff, or I'm not a good enough person, or whatever. Like that, we we do better when we are connected to our spiritual. Um, the, the the part that helps us thrive um do you feel like this is like the first practice or the, the first spiritual focus that you've come across in your life that kind of helped you do that it was there parts of of whatever spiritual journey before where where you also had something that resonated or is this kind of the authentic thing that you you found uh once uh, once the spiritual awakening begun I still pray. I still praise most high for sure. Um, but just far as uh, like a connection to, you know what I'm saying? Just far as somebody else that's up there in the spiritual realm that I can connect to. That's when the ancestors come into play for sure. What's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself or about the world through, through your journey? Um, find an identity for for the longest i identified as a student athlete and football player so once that finally came to the end um i'm 21 years old i'm like yeah <laughs> what's next you know what i'm saying who am i truly you know what i'm saying what, what do i want out of life who would i aspire to be what's my purpose who is chancellor you know what I mean? Like, who are you, bro? What do you even like to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I, it was a journey just from there on trying to find myself. And, and like, I got a lot of emotion now and I can answer all those questions that I couldn't answer before. So it's really just been me learning myself and now 
Like, I can take on the world. What would be what would be your biggest piece of advice for people who are who are still kind of looking for a tradition that they connect to, or you know, where where to even look for that for that connection? Um, stay open minded. Go to spend time in nature and travel. <laughs> Expose yourself to the difference. See how much you learn. <laughs> See how much you learn about yourself and you know what I'm saying life in general. I mean, life is different everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. From anywhere in America to anywhere, definitely anywhere, you know what I'm saying, in the globe. So yeah, real life is that's you gonna see, yeah, see the world, expose yourself. Yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to stick with really narrow ways of viewing the world once you start traveling and seeing other parts of it and meeting people from other places and having those conversations. Uh, as as the listeners know, I grew up. My dad's a, a preacher, so I grew up in the church mm. and there was a lot of when I was in college and had to start, you know, started meeting other people. And I, I had to, to graduate part of the, rec, you know, the requirements was that I had to do a, a summer or a semester overseas and starting to sort of like travel and, and even just, I used to take um, spring breaks and go like build habitat for humanity houses and that kind of thing. I was that kind of student <laughs> and uh, doing that, like very quickly, the really narrow, kind of view of the world that I was taught just fell apart because so much of it just obviously isn't like is is just blinded to the rest the way the rest of the world lives and and the experiences that other other people have and it's hard to like there, I think there's a reason why people who are in very restrictive spiritual paths restrict the experiences that they let their kids have or let other followers have because when you start having those experiences, a lot of things fall apart. A lot of stuff comes comes into question. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, I question everything. <laughs> well, I question it all. So I always like to turn over the the floor to my guests for the last bit of the show and let you kind of tell everybody about your book, about what you're up to, how to connect with you, and uh, kind of whatever you have going on oh yeah for sure um yeah so 14 days in beijing that's my my that's my um, my that's my the number one right there that's that boy right there so yeah you definitely go get a copy of that it's available on amazon and my website chancellorkjackson.com um i also have audiobook available on youtube soundcloud spotify Apple Podcasts and Anchor, um, and I'm narrating it, so it's a vibe. It's very theatrical. Y'all gonna enjoy that. Um, I also have uh, other books as well. You love, you learn, and real love never dies. It's really a, it's a series of books. It's a trilogy right now, um, but it's all telling one long story. But they all great reads, and the romance side is pretty much a man's first step towards gaining emotional intelligence. All in all, you know what I'm saying? But it was just my journey, you know what I'm saying? Just like 14 days. But yeah, y'all can find me on pretty much every social media platform except TikTok. I ain't on there. I ain't on that. But um, 
Find me on everything else, though. Just Google me. Google Chancellor K. Jackson. You'll find everything you need for sure. And I will put uh, the links that I have for you on the show notes so that they'll be easy for everybody to find. They won't have to worry about remembering. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you for having me. And, and thank you for sharing your story. Um, I, I love talking to, I talk to a, a lot of different people who have, you know, have their, their perspectives to bring and the things to teach. Um, but it's really great when there's a compelling story to tell yeah. and, and, and not just, not just stuff to, to teach everybody, but actually experiences to share. So thank you for doing that. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Shout out to everybody that tuned in for the whole episode. You're a real one. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening. New episodes of The Waxing Soul drop every Thursday-ish. All materials and resources, except the music, are copyright Bridget Owens. Many thanks to my guests, listeners, friends, followers, mentors, inspirations, and my family for making the podcast possible, interesting, and fun. Join me next week for more, and until then, blessed be.